All right, another Rags the Riches Secret. Today, today we're gonna pick up where we left off. This was a three-part series. So this is part three. It is the 39 steps of high-performance selling or high-performance selling to close with a 95% confidence rate. Part three of three. This one, this one what we're gonna dive into is, I call it the troubleshooting guide. Like how do you get in, when you get into a selling process, and you're like, how do I advance this customer? How do I move this customer forward so that I can actually make the sell? And you're going to bump into this more often than not. And then you'll just sit there and you're like, how do, I, how do I advance it? And I'll give you the tools or the weapons you can use that can cause a customer to move forward. And if, if you go through this, what, what I want you to know about this is every one of these nuggets that I'm about ready to drop on you. So I'm going to drop... Uh, looks, I'm going to give you 12 gold nuggets on how to advance the sell for your customer. These are secrets. These are tricks, tools that I have used successfully to help a customer to advance. And I've had to use a combination of all of them to be able to do this. So I will do this massive value drop on it. Now, if you want more value, you should probably pick up everything I've done. So the very first one that I, the, the podcast that I, the two, the podcast, two podcasts before this, I went in, like, how do you prospect? How do you call on to a customer to be able to get the appointment so that you can start working on the sell? The last presentation, I showed you how to present to the customer and to close with a 95% confidence rate. And today I'm taking the last step or the last piece of it and breaking it down into 12 nuggets on Step by step, here's the things that you can use. Here's the tools that you can implement that will cause customers to move, okay? I worked very hard. It cost, it, I, spent, I spent a lot of time and a lot of money getting these gold nuggets. And they're not on here just because for something to do. They're in here because they're actually legit and they've made me hundreds of thousands of dollars, okay? So, it, all right, so very first thing I put on, on this list, number one, what you need to know about a customer is you're going to get a, a type of no 8.4 times before you get a yes. Like just no in advance, your customer will be likely to say no to you the equivalent of 8.4 times. Now, it doesn't mean that it's a direct no, okay? But you, you're going to have to overcome some hurdles and you got to know that in advance. So what it means is you keep going. Probably one of the big examples I saw of this, okay? I like, I like Steve Jobs, and he did a commencement address. Um, I don't remember what, which university it was, but he did their commencement address. And what he said to him, he says, you know, he goes, he says, if you take, one of the big things I want you to know is if you take something and you push on it hard enough and long enough, something will actually materialize and come out the other side. But the problem is, is people quit too soon. The exact same thing applies to sales. You can't roll over and play dead. Just know, like they say you need to have some thick skin or something like that. But, but there's truth in it. And, and just know 8.4 times on average before you finally get to a yes. Part of the way, part of the way you overcome these no's. So this is 1.5. So I'm going to add in another little nugget. Okay. When a customer says no, what, what it's really saying is I need additional information to be able to help me make this decision. Okay. And, and like people won't necessarily just change their mind because you want them to change their mind. They can change their mind if you simplify the process by giving them additional information. Therefore, Mr. Prospect can say, yes, I now have new information. I can now make a better decision. And so, like I would say to somebody, like, let's just borrow from my solar stuff because I'm, I'm good at this stuff. Okay, on the solar stuff, a customer might say, yeah, I'm not really, I don't really like, oh, I get run into this one. Yeah, but my utility price is not that high. And then I come back and I pull back and I say, well, Mr. Customer, like, here's the thing. Historically, Utility rates have actually gone up at 4% on average, okay? That's a nationwide. But if you take and you look at what's happening right now, in fact, my local utility company, they said because, because the grid is getting aged, 
So when the grid was designed, it was only designed the last 50 years, and it's 70 years old now, so it's now 20 years past its prime. Does that make sense so far? See what I mean? So it's, it's 20 years past its prime. And the, my local utility company says the customers can anticipate a 10% rate increase for the next decade. Okay, They're trying to figure out how to get ahead of this. And the U.S. Department of Energy, they went and calculated what it would cost to, to take and to be able to make, um, to be able to fix the grid. And they calculated $7 trillion, and that's before COVID hit. And so, Mr. Customer, the thing that you can anticipate is there's going to be massive rate, in, rate uh, increases. So let me show you what a 4% rate increase would be across, and then I could run it across, uh, I could run that across 30, uh, 30 years and say, say your utility bill today is 100 bucks. You can see right here on the 30-year mark, you're going to be sitting around like, I don't know, 500 bucks or 300 bucks or something like that, okay? Um, so then they can easily see what that is. But you're like, but we've got this known problem, which is with the grid, and this is what Rocky anticipates. So then I could rerun the numbers again, and I could say over a 10-year, over or over the next 30 years, because the grid isn't, the problem isn't going to get solved. It's actually far more than what Rocky Mountain asked for. Um, you would be end up spending about $1,000 a month on your electricity. But if you have solar in this place, we could just chop that off, and it would be dramatically different. See, now the customer has market information. They've just gathered some new information, which will then allow them to be able to overcome that objection. I would run into a, an objection with a customer. It's like, yeah, but what happens when I got to do a re-roof? You know, I've got, I got to put a new roof on it. And they're like, so I, like, I can't do that. And then I would say, Mr. Customer, like, look, have you noticed that these houses over here have got vents on it? And they're like, yeah. Like, so when roofers work around that, they take and they can work around that and roof around it. Like during your install, your solar process is not as complicated as it looks. Now it takes some time to get it all in place, right? But the panels themselves are not that hard to actually to, to put on. Just pull these panels off. You can take and do a reef roof around it. Therefore, you don't have to take in a sweat. It's probably about a couple hours worth of work of pulling these panels down. You know, and that depends on customer by customer how many panels and stuff they've got. But See, then the customer's like, oh, okay, I've got new information. And with new information, they can step in and they can make a new decision. So that's what I'm talking about. So that's 1.5 is the nugget to help you get past when the customer gets stuck because they need some new information. All right, so we're on nugget number two. Like, this one is too important um, to not understand, okay? I've, I've run into this where... A customer will try to punt and say, I need to think about it. I need to do this. I need to talk with my spouse. I need to... Da, da, da. Look, here's the deal. You're sitting with them, and if you do not close the deal right there, you have almost a 0% chance of going back and getting the deal. You, we, like on the whole, I do not ever schedule go-backs. You, will, you need to know in advance that you must exhaust all options to help this customer to go forward. Because in the go back, you're not going to get it. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Like when you work, have you ever, you know those pressure cookers? You take a chicken and you put the chicken inside the pressure cooker or you put it, or you put, well, let's do the pressure cooker. Okay. Or, or even a cake, maybe a cake. So you take and you, you whip up the batter and you make the cake and stuff and you take that cake and now that you've got it all prepared and you put it inside the oven and what happens is, is you don't finish baking the cake. You pull this cake out premature and now you're like, oh, well this cake is not baked. So then you try to put it back in the oven like a, like a week later thinking that you're going to make cake, right? Well, be between the time that you pulled it out of the oven the first time, which is your first appointment when you met with the customer, by the time you come back a week later, that cake is in bad shape. You're not likely to close the deal. The cake should have been cooked the first time to make it right. The, the example I like is like a pressure cooker. And, what, and you know how pressure cookers work. You put a chicken inside that thing and you start cranking it up and you start cooking it and you start cooking it. There is a lot of pressure that gets built up inside a pressure cooker to make sure you got some done chicken. If you pull, 
if, if you allow customers to start poking holes, popping holes inside your pressure cooker and allowing that pressure and that steam to release because they're going to come back at a later date, you have no pressure in your pressure cooker. The temperature is gone and you have, you have bad chicken. Like, those analogies are exactly how cells transpire. This go back is just, just get it out of your head. Now, am I saying that you're not going to get a go back? No. Here's what I, I, I've had customers where I've gone through and I'm, I've exhausted every one of these gold nuggets and these secrets that I've shared with you that they still would not move forward. And I said, you know what? That's, that's like, I've done everything I can to be able to help you, Mr. Customer. Um, in this case, you know what? You can make, make the, like, if, just let me know. I am not going to book a go back with you, okay? Um, just let me know if you have any additional questions or whatnot and if you're going to do it. And I, I have exhausted every option. And as tactfully and to maintain that relationship as well as I can, I have let that customer go in my head, psychologically, I'm just like, it's done. I have done everything in my power. It is done. And on occasion, I have had a customer call me back and say, we've gone through it. We figured it out. Like I, last time I gave you a, an example of a customer that did with me, they're like, Mike, we like it. We need to pray about it. I said, go ahead. And they're like, what? Yeah, go ahead. They, they went upstairs and then they, they did their prayer. They came back down. It's like, all right, we're good. Okay, good. And then we signed the paperwork. Like, that's what it was. Don't, like, exhaust all options. They want to talk about it? Say, go ahead. In fact, I, this is one of the things they say. They say, we need to talk about it. And I said, you know what? Go ahead. And they're like, well, not with you present. I'm like, you know what? It's better if I'm present because you guys are going to have questions. And I am here, right here, right now. And I can help answer those questions. Like, if I, if, if I leave, you won't have the resource right here, right now that can answer the question. I said, go ahead and ask, ask your questions and it's fine. I'm not, you're not going to, I'm not going to be offended if you guys got questions. Like if it's not a good fit for you, then it's not a good fit for you. So I do a pullback, right? Get pulling, creating some psychological air so they can feel like they can voice their concerns. Then we can take an advance to sell. Okay. Exhaust every option though. So number three, during your presentation, now these are scientific methods of being able to close sales. When you do a presentation, you, you need to follow a script. You need to follow a process. Like you don't just go in there and wing this thing. Like that's, that's, that's a sign of a big time amateur. Big time amateur wings it. Like when I go in and I would do these presentations, I would have a script that would walk me through. I Basically what I did is I put together a series of slides where I could do a story and I could educate the customer about the product, or I didn't spend time educating necessarily about the product. I focused on things in the marketplace, market data, information, help them learn, help them understand what's, what's happening in the world. Therefore, they understand that they need my product because my product closes the gap of what's happening in the marketplace. So therefore, they understand and they see it. But it's a script. But here's, here's how you close problems. Okay, You close problems by knowing during your presentation where customers have sticking points. Now, you're going to have to practice this a few times. You're going to have to do some presentations. You're going to have to pay attention to where a customer will take and get stuck in the process. But if you do that and then you start coming up with stories or a little piece of content you can insert here, and you can insert here in your presentation. You will then close the gaps so that you don't create problems. One, uh, one of my mentors, he, uh, he would do like uh, training and he would help people to be able to, to figure out where to find real estate deals and so they can make sales and transactions, right? And he, he had these, uh, these other presenters and come up to him and say, hey, John, why is it that like, like my customers keep bringing this up and then I'm on stage and they're fighting me. And he goes, does that, does that happen to you? And he goes, no, he goes, that never happens to me. And the guy's like, no, you gotta be lying. He says, it's gotta happen to you. And he goes, no, it doesn't happen to me. And I'll show you what he did. Okay. 
And as soon as I as soon as I show you this little secret, you're going to appreciate it because what it is is it's it's how you can go about presenting things and then present things in the right order. Like he had an audience, he was doing real estate, and he said to an audience, he said, he goes, um, let me tell you a quick story. He goes, I I was a young kid, I was like 17 or 18 years old. He goes, um, there was four of us living in an apartment. I um, lost my job, therefore I couldn't actually pay rent. But one of the things that I did at that same time is because I had just gotten a car and I'm like, you know, I really don't have a lot of money. Therefore, I'm going to not only not, um, I don't know that I can pay rent, but I'm not even going to pay my car insurance. And he goes, the next thing I know is I wrap my car around a tree. And he goes, bummer is, is I actually didn't have money or wasn't insured on it. And he goes, and then my roommates who discovered I wasn't going to pay my share seemed to think I would be better off not living with them inside their house. And so he goes, that's where I found myself. And I looked in the newspaper and I saw a lady who had a room for rent. And he goes, I actually went over to the house and I said, I would be interested in your room for rent. And she goes, well, she goes, things changed. She goes, it's uh, no longer for rent. The house is for sale. And he's like, oh, so he starts walking off. And she goes, wait a minute. Well, like, why don't you just go ahead and buy the house? I can be flexible on my financing. She goes, what happened is, is my husband just got a new job that's transferring us out of state. That's why it's no longer for rent, but it is now for sale. And she goes, he goes, well, I, I, I don't have the money to do this. She goes, well, don't you know anybody that has the money? And uh, he goes, actually, he goes, maybe I do. So he went and talked to his dad and he says, look, these guys are willing to sell me the house. They're, they're highly motivated. They're going to sell it to me at a really good price. In fact, they're even going to carry the financing, but I've got to have a little bit, okay? And his dad says, fine, we'll split it 50-50. You live in the house, you rent it out, uh, you manage it, and then we'll split it 50-50. Well, since the kid had no money, he moved into the garage and let another family move into the house, which then covered the entire payment, so he's fine, and he's got a free place to live. And then when he sold it, they split the money between him and his dad. So it was a really good deal. It was a win-win. He goes, did you notice the piece in the story that I referred to? He goes, what made that possible is something changed. Something changed in their experience. Therefore, they became open to new possibilities. And he goes to the, he goes to the audience. He goes, now what kind of things do you think might change that would cause somebody to be flexible? And people start raising their hand, well, you know, if they get divorced, if they get divorced, you could do it. And he said, okay, so divorce could cause that to take place. And then he said, what else might change that caused somebody to do it? And they're like, somebody gets a new job, somebody this. And they started naming off a whole bunch of things. He says, now, where would you go about finding these people that have that particular problem? And they started saying, well, you could talk to a real estate agent. And he's like, okay. So we could talk to a real estate agent. And uh, so you could talk to a real estate agent. He said, okay, so where else might you be able to find uh, the information that would allow you to do this? Um, and they said, well, you could go talk to attorneys, to a divorce's attorneys. You could, and they, literally they started solving the problem. And he goes, he goes, that is how I got past my problem. He goes, what the other presenters would do is they would say, go talk to attorneys. And then somebody would raise their hand. Well, I don't know any attorneys and like, and they don't give me any information. Then he'd say, okay, look in the newspaper. Well, you can't look in the newspaper because there's nothing in the newspaper. And then they would say, like everything he would throw out, they would have an objection to it. But what he did is he asked them to provide the answers. And when they provided the answers, they did not have objections anymore because it was them. You see what I'm saying? That's what, that is the power, okay? That is the power of being able to figure out how to position yourself so that people do not come up and start making up piles of objections. You just got to understand the process. Just start understanding how people think. Okay. So therein lies uh, number nugget, nugget number three. So nugget number four, do not use words like contract. Don't use that. Use paperwork. Contracts scare people. Paperwork. You see what I'm saying? 
paperwork. We're just going to do the paperwork. Like, you, like, it's the same thing, right? But you can say the same thing in a way that causes people to have fear. Like, never use the word in a conversation. This makes me nervous. Because if it makes you nervous, it's going to make them nervous. Okay? You see what I'm saying? You can't, you've got, pay attention to words. Watch. Like, one time I was with a customer. And the cell closed, everything was good. We were outside looking at our electrical box. And I said, this, this is the part that actually makes me nervous. Getting inside this box with all this electrical stuff. She goes, you're now making me nervous. And I scuttled my deal by using the word nervous and injecting into the conversation nervous. I'll give you another example. There was a sales guy and he would go out and he would say to like, he would present to like a CEO or something. He goes, or to an attorney, he goes, he goes, he goes, sorry to take your time. I know how valuable your time is. And so I appreciate you taking some time out to meet with me. Okay. What just happened? He just apologized for wasting this guy's time. He just pre-framed the customer to say, bro, or boy, you are wasting my time. Like he set the stage wrong. He pre-framed it wrong. So look, look for words. Look for things that you do that would cause the customer to become nervous or to cause the customer to feel like you're wasting their time or even suggesting they're wasting their time or contracts or any word like that that creates a, a connotation in the customer's mind that like things are not good, right? Don't do that. Like the only thing, the only thing you want your customer to know about you they love you. You're as enthusiastic as heck. You're there to help them. And I like thinking of myself as Santa Claus, man. Because when I'm here, you want to love me. Like, the only reason I come to your house is because I'm showing you some love. And that's the association you want. You do not want them to have any other association with you other than you're awesome. You're a rock star. You make me feel good. Thank you for being in my life. Okay? That's that's it. You, you have to close that gap. Okay. Number Five. Um, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Oh boy, you gotta you gotta hear me out on this one. Number five. If a customer asks for a discount, okay, work with them. Give them the discount and complete the paperwork and move on. Like if you were here in front of me, and I said, and you said, Mike, I want a discount, and so we would discuss this discount that you want. And I want you to be satisfied. And as soon as it, we got this discount in place, I would re reach out, I would shake your hand, and I would say, thank you. Why would I do that? Because I'm in sales, man. My job is to move stuff. I get these people that think, oh, I'm above that. Oh, I'm not going to stoop to that. But whatever, bro. Put your hand out. You're going to give me some money. Thank you. Call it a day and move on. I'll show you the power in this. I had this customer who he wanted, oh my Atlanta, like we already had a closed deal even. And he was like, he was like thinking about backing out and this. I got quotes from other people and this and that. And he wanted a deal. Like these people are a pain. I don't, I don't really enjoy working with them. But so in the end, I made hardly any money. But when when he when he got to the point where he was like satisfied, he was satisfied. Like, we already had a signed deal. Thank you. Shake his hand, right? Didn't make much money. Walked across the street, closed the deal, made a chunk of money. And then I used him as social proof to close a whole bunch of others. Like, that dude was a lead source for me that allowed other people to say yes in the neighborhood because he said yes. You see what I'm saying? Like, say thank you. My parents My parents went into a... a I think it was R.C. Willie or something like that. And my dad, he was a furniture salesman. He goes, he goes, I'd like that couch. He goes, I'd like that couch. He goes, I'd like a, I'd like a discount on that. Can I get a little discount on that? And the guy's like, no, our prices are final. My dad's like, all right, good. He walked out. That is a buyer in heat. My dad was willing to buy right then, right there. Had the guy just said, you know what? I'll knock, I can knock uh, 50 bucks off. 50 bucks. What? It didn't, it didn't have to be a lot. 50 bucks, the guy, my dad would have bought it and the guy still would have made money. You see what I'm saying? Like, not every time does your commission need to be a big deal. 
But what did my dad do? Freaking he walked out of the store, walked in the next door. The guy said, sure. Boom. Guy made a sale. Now he can get referrals from my dad. It, it, it's, it's like it's asinine when I see people do it. I had this guy. This guy was a stud. He was a he was a military guy. So we get done, we get done negotiating everything. It's good. And he says to me, he says, Mike, he goes, do you have, <coughs> excuse me, do you have a military discount? And I said, I do not. But for you, since you were in the military, I now have a military discount. You're going to get $250 off on this. And, uh, and I, after I said that, I'm like, cool, right? He's, yep. I filled out the contract. I filled out the paperwork and closed the deal because 250 bucks allowed him to say yes and move on. Boom. Shake his hand. Thank you. I use that to close more. Like, boy, I've seen a lot of arrogant people say, oh, I got standards. Yeah, well, you're, you're broke too. Um, okay, here we go. Number six. Okay. Ah, I run into this where like a customer is struggling to sign. Like they're struggling to sign, okay? And I'm looking for, I'm looking for a way to advance a sell. And so here's what I do. I, I'll pull out my phone. I'll say, look, and I'll show them a picture with me and a customer with a briefcase full of cash. And I'll say, okay, look, when I do this, this is, I usually only ever do this based off of a referral. Now, what I would be, I've got, I've got kind of a, I've got kind of a challenge right here. And so I'm trying to, I'm going to show you how I can create this win-win and, and I'll show you what I mean. And what I mean is, is like when, when I got into sales or got into solar and stuff, like like I used to work in corporate America where I used to work from 8 to 5 p.m. And so that's a good chunk of time. Well, when I got into doing solar, normally people only got home around 5 o'clock. So I really have only between 5 o'clock and 8 o'clock, which means that I've got to figure out how to be highly, highly efficient in this window of time where I might, where I can help people. And I said, so I'll tell you what. Because it, it's 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 very it's very hard for me to be able to do go backs to try to help people. It's better if I can just help them advance and get like help them get at least the paperwork and stuff out of the way on the first go. Now, if you don't want it, it's not a good fit for you. That's fine. But I tell you what, I'll give you two hundred dollars. Um, I'll give you well, after your solar's done. I'll come back and I'll give you two hundred dollars in cash as a as a thank you for at least right here, right now, at least allowing me to complete the paperwork, okay? So I'll complete the paperwork. And if you say or you decide that you don't want this, just let me know tomorrow, uh, just let me know by tomorrow, okay? And, uh, and, and we'll, we won't move forward. Um, but if you decide that you're good with it, okay, then you don't even have to let me know. Just don't, don't say anything, don't worry about it, we're just good, okay? Is that fair? And I'd say that's fair. So the deal is it's a win-win, and this is what I mean. I'll give you the 200 bucks cash for at least allowing me to fill out the paperwork. And that way I at least have it done. If you want, if you do it, and then if you don't need it, then it's fine. We're, we're like no, no harm or foul. Customers will say yes to that. I've had a lot of customers say yes to that. And there's a few things that happened. One, it was a, it was, they, I, I think of myself, and you got to think of yourself as kind of like a compliance officer. I asked them to do a thing. They agreed to do a thing. I had them fill out a paperwork. When people put pen or ink to paper and stuff or whatever, that there there's a psychological thing takes place because they've caused the thing to take place. So like the very next thing, and you'll see in here, I will, after we got the paperwork done, I will even ask them for referrals. I will then further cement in their mind that they need to give me referrals because the thing that we're doing here is a good thing for them. See what I'm saying? And so we will advance it. That strategy allows you to advance a sell. So if the customer calls up and they say, hey, you know, we decided we're not going to do it. Fine. Like whatever, right? At least you're not going back. At least you didn't book an appointment to go back. And if they were to call you for some reason and say that they want to do it, you only got three working hours, man. Wouldn't it have been better to have had the paperwork done the first time? Just say, okay, cool. We're good. We'll just move forward. See what I'm talking about? It's the efficiency of using your time, allowing customers to make micro commitments, micro decisions. They're compliant. You're doing a compliance officer in the sense that you're having them comply with requests that you make. 
You're getting them to give you referrals. So powerful. Use them many times. It helps customers to move forward because you, you already know that the customers are going to struggle. But what one of the things it does is it allows them to at least try on ownership of owning the thing that you're providing for a day. Um, car, car companies do it. They bring you a car like, hey, we'll just drop it off and let you have it for a day. Dude, they want you to get all attached to the thing, man. It's like a secret. I just took the same secret that they use on cars and applied it to my solar. And if the customer backs out, I don't owe them 200 bucks. And if the customer goes through, 200 bucks is cheap to be able to at least get that sale and to get my referrals. My, my customers to me are more valuable to me. Like I am happy to take a sale at zero commission just because I've already spent the time to get the referrals so that I can get the rest of it. People close on social proof, okay? Take, get, take, accept your social proof, smile all the way to the bank, even if you put nothing in there, follow up on the referrals, close the difference, and smile all the way, okay? So this is at number seven. This is a last ditch attempt. In fact, I probably should put the last ditch attempt as the very last, excuse me, as the very last bullet. This is a last ditch attempt. Depending on what product you're selling, you might have a three-day right to cancel in there. If I've exhausted all options and I can't get the customer to move because they're still afraid of the last suggestion I proposed, I open up the paperwork and I say, see this page right here? I intentionally, see, and I flip it. Like, probably by law, we're required to have a three-day right to cancel. I flip it and say, Mr. Prospect, I intentionally put this in here, in this paperwork, so that you can see it, that you have, in writing, a three-day right to cancel. Like, that's how confident I am in this, and I want you to know that. That's why I put it here. So can you, you can see that, right? And then I'll say, so now knowing that, now seeing that this is legitimately here, can, is it, it, would it be acceptable as a fair to complete the paperwork? Because you, you have a legitimate, I gave you a legitimate right to cancel. I put it in writing. And I've got people to get over the hump. Now, here's what I tell you about that one. If you use this strategy, you have better have exhausted every other strategy because if, it, if this is the strategy you're going to use, you probably have a 5 to 10% probability of keeping the deal. Okay, That's all I'm saying is this is a last-ditch attempt to get it across the finish line. It's, it's just the end of the end. Okay, So just know that. I've used that before. Um, one, one of the strategies I've done, and this has been su or successful, this is bullet number eight, is I, like when, when I can see, when I can see that they're a little bit stuck, see, I have a habit of going back and meeting with customers that were satisfied and shooting some video, great, getting some content and taking that video and that content, I will actually have it on my phone or my iPad and I will, I'll just pull up my phone or my iPad and I will show the customer here. This, this customer had the same uh, kind of question or concern you did, and I play the video, and they're in there saying, like, Mike's awesome, this and that, and we're glad we did it, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I've shown that to customers, and it created the social proof that they needed. I'm like, these guys live right here in your neighborhood. Um, and I'll have, I'll have a couple, I'll have multiple videos in there, and I'll show it to them. And they're like, oh my gosh, okay. So then they build a bridge, because a lot of people... They, it's it's a it's a shortcut that we as humans have, and I know you've got this same shortcut. We look at what other people have done to outsource our decision making. You, why do you think Amazon reviews are such a big deal? We want to know what other people's experiences were with the thing, and if the the experience was good with the thing, that social proof then allows us as a consumer to buy the thing. Okay, that's all you're doing. You're using Amazon strategy of social proof to cause the customer to move across the finish line. It, I've used it. It's been effective. Okay, so number nine, this is isolating the customer's objection, make it a final issue so that you can move the project forward. And they're like, they're like, I still can't buy. Okay, Mr. Customer, what, what question or concern you've got? And they say, well, this is it. I, I don't know. 
I can't, I don't know how to pay for this thing. Therefore, I just, the answer is no, I'm not going to do it. And you would be like, Mr. Customer, is this like, so you're saying that you would actually want this product, but you have this problem right here that you're running into that's preventing you from owning the thing, right? They're like, right. Like, is there any other, and then you, you follow up. Is there any other, is there any, any <coughs> excuse me, any other questions or concerns that's becoming a problem? And then they're like, no, that's it. Okay, boom. Okay, close the gap. You got to have multiple financing. You got to, look, he already said you made it a final objection. Therefore, you can solve the problem and close the gap. Did you see what I'm saying? Just find it. One, like Tony Robbins, he when, when he started out his career, he had he had this, this sales closing script that was stupid effective. It was like crazy. Think you remember uh, it was like Columbia Records or something like that. They for for like one penny or a dollar, they'd send you all of this uh, music stuff and and then like I don't know, maybe some more more tapes and stuff on the back end and anyway, it was it was, it was an interesting uh, marketing strategy to sell and to peddle music and, and, and cassette tapes. And Tony Robbins, he would sit down with these people and he would show them this. And he'd close out all the gaps. And people would end up saying, they're like, you know what? Like, I would do this. Except, you know, I just don't have a, a, a cassette player. And he goes, so you think, you think this entire deal is totally worth it. But really, the only thing you don't have is a cassette player. They're like, yeah. And he goes, like, do you have any other, is there anything else that would be stopping you other than just that thing? And they're like, no. He said, so you're telling me, and see, what I'm talking about is he would, so you're telling me if you had that, then you would, then this would be a good deal and you would do it, right? He goes, right. He goes, cool. He reached down into his bag pulled out a cassette player, slams it on the table, goes, Mr. Customer, this is your free cassette player. And he's like, and then he started filling out the paperwork. Boom. He said, he goes, now, he goes, I don't like that method of selling. He goes, and I'm not really uh, super jazzed about it. But what I'm telling you is, is he discovered and he learned, and he's learned and he's applied this in many different directions. He said that was a hard pressure close that he did when he slammed that thing on the table and said, boom. There it is. Take it. Um, but he isolated it. He put per people have a, a a desire to be consistent. So you've got to be careful what box you're putting people in so that they can be consistent. And the box where you see consistency showing up, like he's, he he asked questions. So the, the only reason you're not doing it is because you don't have this, right? And after they said this a few times, and the customer's like, cool, I'm off the hook. I don't have to buy this thing because I don't have that thing, right? And, and, but they didn't want to be inconsistent. So when he pulled the thing out and he says, here's the thing, like they can't, they can't say, oh, no, that's actually never, wasn't it. They're not, they're not going to be consistent with that behavior. Therefore, they're going to become uncomfortable with it, right? And so that, like, that's, that's where you work with somebody to, Put them in a in a spot where you can, can control the outcome, and then you can come up with the solution that closes this gap. So there you go, super powerful nugget number nine. Okay, number ten. Um, this one is is if the customer won't give you referrals. I told you at the end of every presentation, you close the deal. You need to get these customers to hand you some referrals. If, if, if a customer is like acquiescent, not willing to give you a referral, okay, there is a high probability that there is something going on where they're probably like, there's something unanswered which sets them up for the probability of canceling. You just got to know this. This is a sign. This is an opportunity for you to do a little bit of detective work, a little bit of discovery. Because if you say to Mr. Prospect, cool, now that we've got this done, um, I need some referrals. Like, like, and you say, like, that guy right next door, do you like him? Can I put him down as a referral? And if they're like, they don't want to refer any of their neighbors, I don't know. And then you say, okay, cool, do you got any family? And they're like, God, I got to talk to all my family. I'm not going to send you over there. And then you say, well, do you got any coworkers? You got, you go to church with anybody. 
Like you give them all these different avenues where they bump into people. Do you know anybody at the grocery store? Okay. And if you give them all these avenues and then they still really can't come up with somebody, like I'm not saying panic. What I am saying is like you, there's an opportunity to discover if there's something that was missed that's causing the customer to in your face move forward, but then it's going to cancel on the back end. Just it's it's just a little bit of a sign or a tell. So that that's an opportunity to discover. You could say, now, Mr. Customer, do you got any questions? Like, now, did I, is there any part of this presentation or anything in here that I probably, I should cover a little bit better? Like, a little, I would try to uncover as much as you can. Therefore, you don't on the back end the next day discover they went and canceled on it and then you're all frustrated. So it's just, it's just a tale that I've discovered, okay? Um, number 11, you're going to run into this. Um, when I, when I, two podcasts ago, when I talked to, or I did some training about how to go about prospecting, um, when you prospect, you set appointments and you make sure that all the decision makers are present, which is probably a husband and wife. Okay. Like, or some combination, but you got to know who the decision makers are. So if it's the husband and the attorney, or if it's a a woman and attorney or whatever the relationship, you got to know that like the decision makers have got to be present. And so if you go over to the house, see, and couples set, like, I've noticed couples will set you up for this fall. They'll set you up and it will it will jack it up. You will get screwed up. You go with, I, okay, I had this client and I'll, sh- I'll show you what happened in this process. Okay. Um, they, they set, I, I initially, I set the appointment. And when I, after I set the appointment, I said, is, is your wife going to be present? I was meeting with the husband. And she go, he goes, yeah, that's a good time. I always try to make sure it's a good time for them, like a convenient time. Therefore, they're more, more likely to be available. I, I, I try to help them work with me on a good time. So I get this point. I go over there, and she's doing something else. And she's supposed to be present. So I'm just, I'm just shooting the bull, talking with him, like, hey, is your wife, so is your wife around? And he's like, oh, no, she's not. She's doing this other thing. I'm like, you know what? Why don't we take and we'll schedule this for a different time? And so, you know, that's what we were talking about. And he's like, he's like, well, maybe she'll come. And so, well, she didn't. Like, they, they had pre-staged that she wasn't going to be there, okay? Like, he he was already interested in solar. She was the one that was skeptical. She's the one that I actually really needed to work and persuade because he was already open. She was close to the idea. But his, he's like, you know what? He just, just presented it to me. And then I'll take and I'll share it with her. All right, look, you just got to know you should be a professional sales guy. Mr. Customer, you have no idea if they've got the, the ability or the skills or the talent or they understand your product like you. That is an automatic no. And so I said, no, well, we're going to reschedule. Well, then we <laughs> we picked a new time. And then the guy comes out to me at the street and he's talking. He goes, he goes, you know, my wife's pretty upset that that this presentation did not take place. And he's kind of letting me know. He's like grilling me. He goes, next time it needs to take place. And I said, I said, I can appreciate that because I like, I don't want to make the customer feel bad. I said, look, whenever I do these, like the husband and wife, they both need to be present. I, I don't do these because what happens is, is as good as you are, there's questions and stuff that you're like, guys, Guys are from Mars, girls are from Venus, and I've discovered that they always have different questions even though they think they understand each other. I'm like, and I've done this enough times to know that that's how it happens. It's just how it plays out. And so and so I, I didn't try to be mean, but I kind of pushed it back on him. The reason we're not doing this is because I've got to have the decision makers present. And so then he kind of he kind of accepted that and whatnot. So I went back and I met with him and the wife. And I went through it and I had to work and spend time helping the wife get closer and closer and closer. Now, this customer was very challenging and I I literally went through every single one of these things and there was absolutely no way I could figure out how to get the sell across the line. And so in the end, I'm like, okay, Mr. Customer, I've given you all the information you need to make a decision. Um, And I, I just like... I couldn't get him to make a decision. Anyway, so I, 
I just said, okay, well, you got my number. Let me know. Well, the customer did actually call me back because I at least left the, the left it in a good spot so that they could. But I'm telling you, I exhausted every option. And the only, the remaining option I had was to leave it on a positive note and let the customer be responsible to, let the, let the customer be responsible. I gave it a 0% chance of closing it closed, okay? Um, so no pre, uh, decision makers not present, move on. Like reschedule, just, it's stupid. I'll tell you, you're gonna sit down, you're gonna get one person in the game, they're gonna sign the deal, the other spouse is gonna come home, they're gonna do a crap job explaining it, the spouse is gonna say, you moron, Cancel that deal. We ain't doing it. And then they canceled the deal. But now, now they've got their own consistency problem where he got, he or she got bullied into canceling it. And now you got two people committed to saying no because the one is aligning with the wife or the husband because he had to eat crow and cancel it. And then the other one's already committed. Like, you ain't getting that back. You see what I'm saying? It's dead. Like, you're good. Move on. Maybe the next person, next sales guy can come in and get the deal and, and everybody will be happy. Okay, so number 12. Here's the, last, here's the last nugget on this list, okay? Be prepared to present at a moment's notice. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to meet with people and their schedules are so complex that there's no way to get there. Like, I can't figure out, like, Mr. Customer, can we do Monday? Can we do Tuesday? Like I never, I try to never schedule appointments out more than two days. They'll forget. And if I schedule it out, they're going to forget. Then I'm going to show up and then it's going to be like, it's going to be weird. Like I try to keep it close enough that they can remember. So, um, so you got to be ready to present on a moment's notice. I've done something in the solar space. I haven't heard of other solar reps doing this. Um, if you have, like, let me know. But like I have been able to successfully knock on a door, talk to Mr. Prospect, Walk in, close the deal right then and there, sold him a $20,000, $40,000 deal, okay? And then walked out without actually ever having, a, having the appointment set. What it is is you have got to be prepared and have the ability to close when a customer's available. This particular one, I violated every one of these rules that I just, well, not every, but I violated a bunch of rules. I'll show you which rules I violated. But I violated it to keep this number rule 12. I knocked on this guy's house. So I got talking with him. Da, 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 da. Um, his neighbor walks by. I wave at him. And he, he's got social proof that we're friends. Okay. Then I, the guy, I tell him that I do solar. And he goes, oh, I'm interested in solar. I'm like, cool. Let's set up an appointment. We, we looked at his schedule. The dude, the dude doesn't, he's like never around. Like never. And his wife was a nurse. So he he had a out of, he was working out of town constantly living out of town so then he'd only come into town once in a while where his wife was but his wife was a nurse she worked different shifts and so in the end his schedule was like stupid complicated and as I looked at that I'm like dude there I do not know when I can catch I don't know when I can catch you and if I can't catch you I certainly will not get a sell out of this deal and so his wife was not present okay I'm like, like I, I just, I just, I just said, scenario one. I never get get a chance to present to him, and I never get a chance to close the deal. Okay, that's scenario number one. Um, scenario number two is pretty much these are the only two scenarios I could think of. So scenario number two is throw a hell mary, present to you right here, right now. See if I can close the deal. If I close the deal, I make the money. I help you, and everybody's fine. Like. After I figured out, basically, I just picked the, the best of the two options. Like, no sell, no prospects of sell, or I'll, I'll just take a shot. Because I he at least acknowledged and showed interest that they had a solar on their last house and they want solar on this house. I'm like, okay, tell you what. So we went in, we did the presentation, and at the end, he goes, I got to talk to my wife. And I said, you know what? Like, did, so did you have, you had solar on your other house, you said, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, and so you want solar on this house too, right? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I'll tell you, tell you what. Why don't we just do this, fill out this paperwork, get it done, and then you talk to your wife, and uh, if she's not good with it, just let me know like by tomorrow and we're fine. And if, if you're good with it, just let it go and we'll, we'll, we'll move forward. Um, 
he closed, okay? He closed. Um, like, did it shock me to death? Yep. Did I think it was a Hail Mary? Yep. Did he say that he was already interested in solar and he had it before? Yep. So I assessed the situation, determined high probability, not a high probability, but probability of success because he's already committed to doing the thing. And so it closed. But I've knocked on other customers' houses where I knocked on the door. I got their interest. I couldn't figure out a time to meet with them. Husband and wife was there, and I said, well, how, how does your schedule look right now? They said, it's fine. I went and got my stuff, came back, presented to them, and closed it. I've done that four or five times now. Every time it happens, I'm always shocked. And I tell other people about it. I'm going, I have never seen people do that. Okay? Like, that's, that's, that's a secret. Like, okay, kind of as a wrap-up on this thing. This is, looks like I actually gave you more than 12, 12 nuggets. Every one of these nuggets was not given to me. They were hard fought. They were earned. They were tested. I have proved every single one of them. Any one of these you can add to your portfolio of strategies that will cause you to close sales. If you can take and be able to put layer upon layer strategies like this in place, you will discover your closing ratio goes up. Like when I've done this, I've had about a 95% closing ratio. How do I do it? I, I, I make sure I get referrals. I make sure I get referrals. So then when I set appointments, I'm already going in with some, like, I got some, I got some tailwind coming with me, okay? And then when I go in there, I've already got strategies and layers and layers of strategies to help me overcome objections to get that customer across the finish line. And in the end, every one of these things is a scientific strategy, understanding how people work and human nervous systems work, and it allows people to move forward. So go back uh, to podcasts, listen to that one, figure out how to get in the door, how to set the appointment, listen to the last podcast, figure out how to sell, how to present. And then this podcast, listen to it multiple times. Like I would, like I, I gave you three, well, maybe two and a half, three hours of solid gold nuggets. Like this crap works. If you're in a solar space, kudos to you. You just got a frontline view of a sales master who closes like a son of a bee that will help you be successful. I just knocked off like years and hundreds of books and training to boil this down so that you could slay it. So anyway, this is another Rags the Riches Secrets where I'm dropping value bombs showing you how to advance, to move forward, and to close and to make money. And more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but big idea here is you're actually helping customers because you have a product you believe in, and along the way, you're getting paid well for helping them. Anyway, Rags of Riches Secrets, I will talk to you 